Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Now, in this year's budget announcements, the government declared the strengthening of Singapore's digital capabilities as a first priority with a $200 million investment plan to help businesses adopt cutting-edge technology and prepare for the world of tomorrow. The next wave of digital change is already here, bringing with it the evolution of the internet, which, of course, will redefine our experiences even further and how we navigate the online space. While COVID-19 has made irreversible changes to how we live, how we use our spaces and how we imagine the way forward. It seems the concept that urban living requires intelligent tech in smart ways is here to stay. As we edge closer to concepts like Web 3.0 and the metaverse, the bridging of worlds between virtual and reality will indeed shine a spotlight on how tech can help to shape the future of our smart city ambitions. Joining us on the line to talk more about this is Jacques Beltran, VP of Cities and Public Services at Dassault Systems. Hi Jacques, thanks for joining us. Hello Barity, thanks a lot for having me. So, Dassault Systems developed the Virtual Singapore software. This is something we've heard a bit about, a digital twin which not only maps the infrastructural specificities of this 21st century city-state, but actually it adds important information for further development. Illustrate for me how exactly all of this works and how it helps. Yes, of course. Well, actually, Dassault System has been developing virtual twins for the past 40 years in very different sectors from the manufacturing industry, like aircraft, cars, uh, life science, virtual twin of the human body. And uh, now also, as you just mentioned, the sector of infrastructure and cities. So what is a virtual twin? A virtual twin is a digital, science-based, exact copy of the real world. In other words, you know, in France in the 17th century, uh, we had a famous architect called Vauban, and he used to present to the king mock-ups of his projects. Well, a virtual twin is much more than a 3D mock-up. It's mm. a 3D mock-up with all the knowledge and the know-how of the architect and the experience of the city and what the city will become in the future injected into the virtual twin. Right. Okay. So you said the knowledge of the architect. What other data can you pump into this to simulate certain scenarios perhaps and to test them out and to replicate if they actually work in the virtual twin? Well, the first value of the virtual twin is going to be to understand the city as it is. In fact, nobody understands cities as they are because we only have a partial vision of it. Mm. The data is spread out into very different public agencies, private actors, even the citizens themselves. So all that data is consolidated into a virtual twin. And then urban authorities can use a virtual twin, for example, to optimize mobility by better understanding how people are commute, commuting, to optimize wireless network coverage in specific areas, or for example, which was done in Singapore, to understand and improve the way the air is flowing into the city, for example, example to fight against uh, heat islands in, in the Cooling Singapore program. Mm, okay, so tell me more about what you've learned about Singapore as a result of doing this. Yes, well, Singapore is, I think, by far the most advanced city in digitization and smart city. And it was really interesting how the authorities are actually using virtual twin technology to improve the city, in particular with respect to uh, sustainability issues 
and making the city more convenient, more comfortable for aging population. Um, for example, as you know, Singapore is impacted by the sea level rising. Mm. Well, with a virtual twin, you can actually simulate the impact of sea level rising, how it is going to affect the city and then deduct from that mitigation measures such as raising a certain number of walls or parts of the city to avoid the sea level rising impact. Right. And earlier you mentioned something about how air flows into the city. Tell me more more about that since you mentioned it. Correct. Um, Airflow simulation is a technology that Dassault System has been mastering for many years because it derives from the aeronautics sector. And in fact, um, what we do is understand how the air flows into a city. If uh, urban planners are thinking of building, introducing a new building construction in the city, this is going to have an impact on airflow uh, circulation into the city. It is important because you may want to introduce a new building, but then the whistling of the wind in or outside the building can have an impact, a negative collateral impact on the people living in, in the area. By the same token, changing the airflow may be very useful, for example, to fight against heat islands. Uh, airflow is one of the way you can actually reduce the, the felt temperature in a city. I understand that you've done some work that is very related to the COVID-19 pandemic as well, and particularly in Europe. Tell me more about that. Yes, the the COVID crisis has been, as it is often the case with crisis, an accelerator of digitalization, in particular in in cities and public administration. Um, We we did two interesting projects here in France. The first one was to provide one of the big regions in France, next to the city of Strasbourg, um, a dashboard, what we call a COVID cockpit, to, on a daily basis, understand how the virus was spreading at various scales, at the level of the region, down to the level of a neighborhood of 2,000 people. And we added into this cockpit a predictive model, predictive algorithm that enabled the regional authorities to anticipate actually how many patients would be going into intensive care units three months ahead. That was a first solution, for example, using the data, geospatial information, and providing this as a solution for monitoring for public authorities. Um, There was a second project, very interesting one that we did, thanks to our airflow simulation that I just mentioned, is that we were able to understand what were the risks of airborne contamination between people in a given public space. So we worked, for example, in hospitals in China, in France, to help them take back control of the ventilation system and avoid the airflow being a vector of contamination between patients, for example. And we also did this in public spaces like uh, the Paris uh, Philharmonic Opera or the European uh, Parliament, where basically we understood how the air flows, we positioned virtual patients in different places, and then came up with some mitigation measures, uh, whether the room should be, uh, the ventilation should be reduced the speed, or we should increase the speed in country, all that depending, of course, on the room configuration. In the Singapore context, based on what you know through this technology, what would you say are the main levers of change that we need to utilize in order to become pandemic resilient and future-proof? 
Um, pandemic resilience, I think, indeed, having a virtual twin of a city and being able, or a territory, and being able to inject in that virtual twin some very accurate, precise data about health, like the virus propagation, is extremely useful then to take some measures like lockdown measures. At the level of a country like France, for example, people were complaining, saying that it didn't make sense to have a uniform single lockdown measure over all the territory at the same time. Maybe we could have done sort of smart lockdown measures. That's the kind of, of solution. So adopting these solutions before the crisis hits, of course, is much more efficient than doing it in the panic of the crisis. Mm. You said something about no blanket lockdown measures, but smart lockdown measures instead. What would smart lockdown measures look like in the Singapore context? Because I can understand in other countries where they have many cities, provinces and so on. So maybe you just do a targeted lockdown. But in the Singapore context, how might that work? At the level of a city like Singapore, it's probably more to have one single measure, not several. But my comment was more Mm. with bigger territories. Right, right. And it just helps you make smarter decisions. Now, you can have all this data, you can have all this tech, but ultimately, people need to know how to use it, right? So decisions still need to be made by policymakers and various other stakeholders, don't they? So the skill of reading the data and then making a strategic decision. Expand on that for us. Well, yes, you're pointing at the adoption issue, how do people adopt these Mm. technologies. We see a growing trend in public administrations. Public administrations are becoming tech-savvy. They adopt digital solutions. So I, I, I don't think that's a big issue. Of course, there's always some time you need to learn how to use and visualize. But frankly, what we do with our solutions at Dassault System, like our 3D experience platform, is, is make that data extremely accessible and, and visible. It's basically all about transforming data into actionable information. And for that, we have different solutions, geospatial information, a map where you can visualize a solution, a situation, analytics, uh, 3D uh, vision of the city when it's necessary, etc. So that, that's pretty straightforward. Um, the, the, there's another question, I think, in your question, which is uh, how can that be shared with citizens? And this, I think, is one of the, the big value strengths of virtual twins, that virtual twin technology is not only a solution for urban authorities to make science-based decisions, more objective decisions. It is also an extremely powerful communication instrument to the people. Why? For one single reason, I think, is that 3D is clearly a universal language. If you want to explain to citizens what are the projects for city transformation, new infrastructure, new urban arrangements, you can do it through photographs, 2Ds, Uh, You can do speeches, but you can also show the city and how it is going to look like. And even more, if in that 3D virtual twin, you play, for example, a simulation, like I mentioned earlier, a flooding simulation, then that becomes an extremely powerful communication instrument to convince citizens that you are doing the right thing and build consensus. Now, how does all of this dovetail into the metaverse era, if at all? Well, it it does. In fact, you know, the metaverse is a fashionable word these days. But uh, I would say that a company like Dassault System that's been designing virtual twins in the industry for the past 40 years was actually probably the first company doing metaverse in the industry. Mm. Um, The question now is extension of the metaverse to other areas. Of course, there is uh, the consumer, I'll say, 
citizen-to-citizen like social networks world. But you could imagine indeed uh, in the future city metaverse. And in fact, some cities in the world, like Seoul, for example, in, in, in Korea, have already announced they want to build a city metaverse, a virtual universe in which citizens will be meeting with public authorities and discussing the future about their city. Mm. The quality of the data that is entered into this realm is going to be very important, right? What have you observed in terms of capabilities in that department? You know, the collection of data to begin with. Well, that's the most important point, and you are right to to highlight it. The quality of the data, I would say, is the equivalent of the fuel or the electricity in your car. You can have the smartest and nicest car, but without power, it's not going to go far. The same for the virtual twin. The virtual twin is fundamentally based on the data that's provided. And what's interesting is that the virtual twin has this ability, once the public authorities have decided to go in that direction, to actually collect the data that is scattered across very different public agencies today. If you look, it's true in Singapore and it's true in many other cities. Most of the time we hear that people say, hey, yeah, but public agencies are not necessarily collaborating very Mm. well. Uh, We have this silo effect uh, and that's true everywhere. Well, the virtual twin is is going to enable people to access information that otherwise will probably remain tacked in uh, in different public agencies' uh, IT systems. Now, in closing, Jacques, we talked about the metaverse briefly earlier. What new trends do you observe that government agencies and, frankly, anyone who wants to be a part of this needs to be aware of as they try to capitalize on it for public good? Uh, Clearly, city metaverse is one, but I would say more generally, um, what we see is a gradual transformation of collaboration, working patterns, working habits within public administrations. Um, And virtual twin technology also helps to that, precisely because you can gather the information coming from different sources. People will consider virtual twin as what we call at Dassault System, the, the single source of truth, the single referential. And doing that, it is not only collecting information, it is also fundamentally transforming the experience of the people have of the city they are working on and therefore transforming the collaborative, basically improving, for example, the productivity of a, of a public administration. This is a trend that we are increasingly seeing throughout the world and, of course, in Singapore. Thanks very much for that, Jacques. Jacques Beltran, VP of Cities and Public Services at Dassault Systems. Thanks for joining us today. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.